Welcome to episode 43 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and I'm also your film and TV travel guide. To finish out my Real Travels podcast for 2020, I decided to bring you just one more crossover interview I did for my other podcast, The Right Start. On that show, my guest, Merritt Minnemeyer, and I talk about achieving dreams knowing when the right time is to go for yours. With a new year, it's a perfect conversation to have for those who have personal goals, including traveling. So let's get started. So 2020 is almost at an end, and no doubt it's been a hard year. No sense summing it up because there aren't enough words to do so. But there's been so much emotion and hurt and loss this year. But if you're like me, you're doing your best to survive the rest of it and hopefully look forward to 2021. I mean, I know we might not get to travel in a way that we wanted to for a little bit yet, but nothing, and I mean nothing, should stop you from dreaming or planning your next trip. And that's why I bring you to this interview today. It's with Merritt Minnemeyer, who truly helped me to figure out the goals I want and how to start achieving them. My problem was always giving myself permission to work on what I want to work on and not just what I have to work on, you know, the pay the bills work. While that's important, it doesn't have to consume your whole day. It's okay to dream about what you want to do and start creating some time to do it. For you guys, that might mean planning a trip or selling your home so that you can travel or maybe writing that travel blog. This podcast was geared toward writers, and some of you I know are travel bloggers, but I would like you to insert your dream into this conversation wherever Merritt and I talk about a freelance writing career. I know Merritt can help you to get started or even unstuck like she did for me. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. So on today's podcast, my guest is Merritt Minnemeyer, a certified professional coach based out of New Paltz, New York. And I brought her on for a pretty special reason, because I'm often asked, how do I know I'm good at becoming a writer? How do I get started? What if I'm not good enough? And I went through all of that when I started to, like, can I really make it as a full-time freelance writer? And I had questions even now 25 plus years later when I had questions about my own career and my own goals, including this podcast, Merritt helped me through them. So I thought that she could do the same for you. And Because sometimes it's not just about getting started with what kind of writing you want to do, but it's about breaking through the noise in your brain before you can even start pitching ideas or writing stories. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to set those goals, etc. But I am so excited to welcome Merritt as my guest today. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's my my privilege to be here. No, this time it is mine. So thank you so much for being here. And tell my audience a little bit about what you do um, and what a, what a certified professional coach actually is. Sure. So, uh, so let's see, what do I do? Well, I'm an executive and leadership coach. That's my um, focus in my coaching. And what any coach will do is exactly what you said, which is that uh, to get through the noise in your brain. <laughs> I love the way you put that. 
And that's really what we help people to do, coaches. So I often look at um, people who are high performers, people who are running their own businesses. Perhaps they are the CEO of a, of a business that isn't theirs or they didn't found, but they're a high-level manager or leader. Or they may be just starting out in their own uh, little entrepreneur business, too. But anybody who is kind of in a leadership role. And just like Simone Biles needs, you know, a coach to work with her to make sure that she's at the top of her game, or, uh, you know, it's really started in sports and in the arts, getting someone to really perform at their highest level. So it's not so much about laying foundations, although we do some of that, too, if we need to, but it's really like looking at your your high-level skill set and finding those tiny little nuances that kind of keep you focused, keep you grounded in your in your vision of where you want to go, and then tweaking little things like, you know, maybe I made a mistake here, maybe I said something that I wasn't supposed to say, or maybe that I, I didn't handle that relationship well, or I just can't get started on something, I'm not sure why. Looking at kind of the, the little little pieces of what makes us be our best and then helping work through those and then keep getting better and better and better. So that's essentially what a coach does. That's awesome, and and part of why I wanted to have you on the show today is because a lot of people who are listening, either maybe they just graduated from college and they want a freelance writing career, or they're a stay-at-home mom and they want a freelance writing career, or they're bored in their job and they want to do something different, but uh-huh. they don't even know how to get started, so they might be leaders in their own field or in their life or in some other way, but now they got to transfer that to something that's brand new to them. Uh, So, you know, that's where I talk about this noise of can I do it. So I know that this is something that books have been written about, etc., and it's a very general question to start. But where do you where do we start on on taking that first step to something that's brand new to us? Well, that's an awesome question, and I, what I, I often refer back to when I hear questions like this is uh, Simon Sinek, who is kind of a big guru in the leadership space right now, and he wrote a book that, um, one called Start With Why, and there's a, a bunch of other sort of around the why books that he has written, and he had a quote a few months ago that said, you know, the, the, the first criteria or the first qualification for becoming a great leader is to want to become one. And I think that's true for just about anything. It doesn't mean that you're going to become the best at it in your field. You know, there's no guarantees on that. But if you are feeling compelled to make a move, and that's grounded in something that's really real for you, not so much in rea- reacting to to something that feels wrong or something that is, someone is doing something to you, but really like, boy, I really have always wanted to do X, right? I've always wanted to be my own boss. I've always wanted to see if I could make it as a writer. I've always wanted to um, be on stage. I've always wanted to start my own business, whatever, whatever it is. If that's calling to you, then follow the impulse because there's a reason for that. So the very first step is to get really clear on the motivations. For so I would go through like a list in your mind of, well, one way to do it is, Am I reacting or am I being proactive? So is it because I had somebody do something that, that was upsetting to me at work and I don't want to deal with that boss? Like that would be reactive, right? I want to get away from that person. Or is it I want to go towards this because being a freelance writer is like my dream. And if I were a freelance writer, I get to 
to write about things that I'm passionate about, and I would get to go travel the world, and I would get to write about, you know, spend time doing research on on subjects that I really want to know more deeply. Like that, if it inspires you, you know, if that's proactive. If it's well, then I wouldn't have to work with Joe Schmo anymore. That would be reactive. <laughs> right? <laughs> so check your motivations first. And that's, um, I think that's that's the one thing that really to, to clue into because. If you're just doing it in reaction to somebody else or something else, it's never that's never going to carry you very far. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to ask you because if you just decide, uh, you know, that you're you're going to quit because of Joe Schmo, uh, how far can you really go on that? You know, not not very. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. So, well, and the reason for that is because Joe Schmo is not really Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo could be anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's um, we're going to find another reason to do something. Because that not our reactions are ours. They're not. They don't have anything to do with anybody else. So if we're just going to react to somebody, we're going to react. Find somebody else to react to another situation to react to. But if we're doing it proactively, then we're moving towards something we feel feel really good about. We're going to have much more energy towards that. So can I ask you a question about that though? Because if Joe just got you, poor Joe, if Joe just poor got Joe. you so, <laughs> so angry that you're like, you know what, this is going to get me out of here and maybe this is the time that I should just finally take that plunge, can it be a combination of the two? That I love that. That's so good. So yes. So <laughs> I was actually just talking about this with a client today. So those emotions, Right, the emotions that we have that are so strong like that—that's what we call contrast. And our our emotions are a guidance system, just like our physical feelings are a guidance system. Right, we put our hand on a stove; it's hot. We remove it because hot is danger. Hot is bad. Right, it's going to burn us. So, if our emotions are feeling making us feel discomfort, if they're making us feel angry or sad, right, they're telling us something. That's information. And it's really hard when we're in the throes of emotion to remember that it's just a guidance system. It's just a matter of giving us information because it feels so like it just can be all-encompassing, right? But if Joe Schmo (laughs) is making us so mad, what about is it because he said something or did something or his characteristics? What about him is triggering us? Right? That's the information we need to look for because he's actually going to be a teacher. He's going to tell us something about ourselves that's going to help us grow. Uh, and it's so hard to remember because we're, we're really conditioned to blame. We're really conditioned to put the fault on somebody else or something else, right, on circumstances or people or or somebody else's actions. When when in reality, it's it's our response that is the thing that's going to teach us. So if we can look at that as, a, as an opportunity to go, oh, wow, that really pisses me off. So Why? It just really pisses me off. Maybe Joe said something that was super obnoxious. <laughs> or maybe mm-hmm. Joe maybe Joe got an award that I thought I deserved. I wasn't getting the recognition I thought I deserved, right? Maybe I don't want to look at why that is. Or maybe it's because that system isn't set up to recognize me for whatever reason. Or whatever it is. I mean, there could be a million reasons. But it's not really Joe that's bothering us. It's There's something about us that's reacting in a way that, that, is, that we need to investigate further. 
I think that's really important, too, in becoming a writer because Joe can end up being another editor that you work with. And oh, yeah. that particular, <laughs> yeah, you know, and that yeah. particular editor says something about your work that is reminiscent of what a previous boss said. And that might be the time that you start doubting if you can do this because now you're hearing these things more than once. And mm-hmm. wouldn't that mm-hmm. mess with your head? Yeah, totally, especially if you believe or don't believe that you can really do it. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's about the information, right? I mean, we've heard countless stories of very successful people who were told they weren't going to be successful. Right? Meryl Streep talks about that, how she was told she wasn't pretty enough to be a great actor. And yet, you know, do we let that define us? Um, it's just one person's opinion. And yeah. maybe that person has a lot of power in the moment. But maybe they won't tomorrow. Maybe they get fired tomorrow, you know. So... So it's really about, um, yeah, again, if, if, it's, if you're hearing that message over and over again, what is it you're supposed to learn from the message? Because mm-hmm. something in you is tuning into that message for a reason. And it's probably because you believe it somewhere. It's probably because you're, you're waiting to hear it. So then we need to look at, as a coach, I would look at, like, why is it that you're seeking out this message over and over again? And what can we do to, to help you adjust yourself so that you actually can position yourself to hear better messages and to put out work that you feel better about and be way more confident in and put yourself in the right place where you are valued. Okay, we are barely like 10 minutes into this, and this is this is so incredibly good. Like, uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I think I got chills because what, what the listeners need to understand is that, like I said, you know, you help me with this, and there's a lot of that. You have to break, especially if you want to be a good writer, you have to break through all of this because, I, you know, it's not that you have to go to therapy for years on end. You just need to figure out why you haven't made this leap before and and on that note let's get back to the why because some people might actually say I want to become a freelance writer purely and I laugh at this part but I've heard it to make money they want to make extra money they want to do money make money on the side they'll just write stories and you I've heard that from people who don't understand the career itself but that's a why for them that they want to just go and make money is that a viable why? Um, it definitely is a viable why. It also begs the question, if I use that phrase correctly, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, um, it, it, it inspires the question that what is the money about for you? Mm-hmm. So is the money about power? Is it about status? Is it about I want to spend time with my family? Is it about I want to pay off my bills? Is it about I want to build my dream house? Is it about I want to have freedom? from debt or I always want to have financial freedom and I don't have to, you know, what is it about? Because money is a tool. It's not It's not about the money itself. Actually, I mean, if you look a, a little bit more deeply into money, it's not really anything anymore, which is terrifying. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it really is a tool, right? It, it provides an experience for us. So what is the experience you're seeking from the money? That's really what the why is. Okay, so we have the, the start off with why do you want to do this? And we talked about a couple. Um, is there any other why that somebody could give you as a reason that they want to do this? Oh, sure. Let's see. I mean, there's so many reasons. I mean, there's certainly the romance of it, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. especially for younger people or for people who have established a careers and they want to do something different, right? People who are in transition. Um, there, there's definitely the, the allure of that. There is having the freedom of 
not being, not having a boss per se, and there's a little bit of an illusion about that, but because right, I mean, as soon as you have um, a deadline or or you pitched a project, and then you know they they come back to you, and you do have a boss essentially for that project. But you can you can make the choices though as as a freelance writer, and you can also be accountable to an editor or to an agent or write to some uh, or whoever else publishers. But there's that piece of it, which is that I can make my own decisions, right? And that's huge for a lot of people. I was just talking to a client recently about how, you know, he's a builder. And right now he's in a, a situation where he's in a, working for a big corporation and he's feeling very pinched off because he wants to build and they're not letting him build because they want him to do, you know, toward the company line. And he's just got this part of him that's like, I need to be my own person, right? And that's a huge driver for people. That's like, that's probably the biggest one I hear from anybody. And I don't work with a lot of founders of businesses. So um, another one is um, wanting to be creative, wanting to put something beautiful into the world or positive into the world or real or reflective into the world, You're bringing some truth. Right in a in a time when there is so much noise, mm-hmm. you know, can I be a voice of reason? Can I be a voice of beauty or inspiration? Can I be a voice of just reflecting back the, the facts of what's happening? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so many reasons. You know, you mentioned something interesting in that last in that last um, comment, and you talked about you know what's going on now, and there's a lot of noise out there. So my question to you is starting something new in a time period like now. You know, you're going to hear people say it's not the right time to start something new and people say it's the right time to start something new. How do you figure out which one is which? You know, the right time is there's never a right time, Mm -hmm. really. Um, That is to say you can always find reasons. You can always rationalize why it's never a good time. And you can always find reasons why it would be a good time. There, there are historical precedents set where you know millionaires are made in times like these because this is where innovation is born mm-hmm. um, in, in crisis times like this. Um, you could also say, you know, it really depends on the person. I have a family I have to feed. Is this a good time to go start a business and leave your full-time secure job? It could be if you have the right kind of pathway. It could not be. It could be. A, it really is a matter of looking at all the different reasons, um, all the responsibilities that you have, what kind of resources you have in terms of people and time and support. Looking at also again that reasons that are driving you forward. You know, are you reacting again because you're scared, or because? Uh, you're angry, or are you reacting, or are you being proactive because you really believe you see an opportunity here? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's about mindset, true, truly. And mindset is ninety percent, if not ninety nine percent, of the battle. And in, in, as being your own boss and being a freelance, anything. There are certain you know buttons you can push and widgets you can pull to to make a business work. But you have and you have to believe. And show, if you believe in yourself and you believe that things can happen then you'll continue to show up for yourself consistently, show up for your clients, show up for your customers, show up for your staff, or, or wherever it is you know, your people you're responsible to. This, the minute you start to not believe it anymore, you start to flake out, mm-hmm. and, that, and that will be the demise of a business. That's what's called imposter syndrome, right, where you don't believe that you're good enough. Is that what that is? Yeah, imposter syndrome is, is that, and yes, and sometimes it can impede somebody's, uh, ability to show up. Usually, imposter syndrome has to do with I'm not good enough in a specific role, mm-hmm. and um, 
and they're going to find out. That's the kind of next part of it. Like, I can go and show up in this suit and this, you know, or in this interview and, and sound like I know what I'm talking about, but they're going to find out that I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that's, and, but that's not even the truth. It's like you do know what right. you're talking about, but you think people don't think you know what you're talking about. Right, and that's why it's a syndrome. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right. It's not. A, it's not a reality. Mm-hmm. If it's a reality that you don't know what you're talking about, that's a different situation, right? If you're going in there and kind of like a fake it into your makeup thing, but you're kind of you sort of aware of the fact that you're faking it. That's not imposter syndrome. That's just not knowing enough. <laughs> right. Right. And but you, the imposter syndrome is, is I'm, I know that I'm good enough, or I've got the credentials, I've got the education, I've got the experience, or, or I know I can get it, and I know I'm smart, but I'm afraid they're going to find me out. Okay, so we, we've talked, and, and uh, you know, I, can, I, can, I know I can't keep you on the phone for two hours, but I'd love to keep you on the phone for two hours. <laughs> but hopefully I can get about five more minutes with you because this is, it's fascinating because one of the most important things that writers, when they're starting out in their career, have to deal with is rejection. You're uh-huh. going to send out so many more pitches at the beginning of your career than you are like at my part of my career because I have a established relationships with editors who send me work. This year's hard on everybody, so I'm back to even pitching again and putting myself out there for rejection. But how do you handle, give a tip to how you handle an editor coming back and saying, thank you, but this isn't really what we're looking for. Please try us again. That can stop a writer in their tracks. Definitely. So I, I was an actor for many years, and I completely relate to this. It's it can be heartbreaking, especially for a creative person who really puts them, their heart and soul on the line, right? And it can be very devastating. So I, and this is something that I'm still learning, too, in this field that I'm in now and, you know, working on my own sales stuff. And I love this um, this one idea, which is I got from a, another guy who's kind of a coaching master in the field, and he always says, no lives in the land of yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in other words, if you don't get the no unless you try, right? It's, right. it's sort of like Wayne, Wayne Gretzky and you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So even if you get a no, you're still it's still moving you forward because you have some feedback, you have some energy, you, have, you, you know you're putting it out there. And, you know, maybe it's bringing you closer to, to the next yes or maybe it's giving you some information that's really useful for you. If it's a letter you just said, which is you try us again, you have some information there, which is that they're saying, okay, we like your stuff, we like your style, this isn't just the right topic, so try us again, you know. Look for, look for the information, look for the learning, rather than focusing on the rejection. I think um, early on in the podcast, in like the intro podcast, I mentioned to uh, the listeners that one of the first things I did was send out, um, I had read this book a long time ago by Gary Paulson and I sent out postcards back then, remember no internet, I sent out a whole bunch of postcards to all these different magazines introducing myself and saying I would love to write for your publication, could you send me guidelines? And I got, uh, now, mind you, I had no idea what I was doing. I was working full-time on a magazine, and I was just following what this guy told me to do just to see where it would land. And what happened was the editor of Westchester Spotlight Magazine sent me a postcard back and said, we don't send out guidelines, but we can do a test assignment with you if you'd like. 
and see how your writing is. And I ended up writing with them for like three years. Uh, oh, wow. Gay, yeah, Gaden Wren was, became a New York Times editor, and he was my editor at Westchester Spotlight. And every single article I ever sent him, he would send me at least one tip back on how to improve it for the next time. He knows I talk about him all the time. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I, I, I would have improved as much as I did and found my own voice. And I wouldn't have gotten even that far if I didn't take that first step and not even knowing what I was doing, send out these postcards, you know. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a great story. I love that. You just, you just, I mean, who knows, right? There's no real playbook for this. People might give you one. <laughs> right. There, there are so many different versions of it. And there you go. You took a little bit of a leap, right, not even really knowing, and it paid off in space. That's, that's awesome. Exactly. And a lot of people, and I'm just going to ask you this before we kind of sum this up, because like I said, I could talk to you forever. But a lot of people, when they do get started, they want instant results. They want, you know, their first pitch to go right. They want to be making X amount of dollars. Maybe they've written out their goals saying, I want to make $50,000 as a writer this year. And maybe it's taking a little longer for it to happen for whatever reason. Um, how do you work with, with people who almost, I used to call it the Oprah syndrome. It's like you want instantaneous results because you got one mention somewhere or one this or one that. How do you cope with that? Because I, I know so many writers who, who think that their first article, and it can happen, I'm sure, but not everybody's going to hit that first article out of the park and make thousands of dollars. How do you tell them it's a process? Yeah, so it actually makes me think of the story of, you know, so many actors, again, going back to my acting background, like, you know, um, I think Dustin Hoffman didn't land his first big role until he was in his 30s, so they took, you know, overnight sensation that took him 10 years to get there. So it, it all comes back, and it sounds maybe cliche, but it all comes back to that why. Like, are you doing it because you want to be a star? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you doing it because you want to have a life that's fulfilling? Mm-hmm. And if, if that, if you're pursuit is it because it makes you feel like the fullest, most truest version of yourself, most fully realized version of yourself, then that is a process that takes a lifetime to cultivate. And and so even if you even if you did hit it out of the park, you know, on your first go around, you're gonna have some time where it's not. You're gonna have some downtime. You're gonna have some article or some story where someone's gonna say, This is terrible, don't try this big I mean it's gonna happen. So we can expect that. Mm-hmm. Most people get most people get that in the beginning. Some people don't, but some people well, you'll, I mean, you're inevitably going to get it sometime in your career. So just expect that. It's okay, right? Mm-hmm. It's just part of the process. And if it's taking longer than you'd like, then we can look at some of the tactics. Maybe maybe we took a, talk about maybe the messaging, maybe the way you're you're approaching it. Maybe you're um, looking at some topics that aren't relevant to whatever publication you're pitching. You know, we can look at some of the sort of nuances of it. Um, But ultimately, if no lives in the land of yes, then yes is inevitable. It's just a matter of finding the right pathway to it. I love this conversation. Okay. (laughs) Tell people how they can follow you, reach out to you if they want to have some life coaching. Um, how, How do they do all of that? So I just have a brand new website out. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> uh, it's masteroponecoaching.com. And all one word, and O-N-E for one, spelled out. And on Instagram, I'm at Master of One Coaching. And at Facebook, Master of One Coaching. And on uh, LinkedIn, I am um, under my name, Merritt Mittemeyer. 
I love your website. I, I think, it, I mean, it, it's it's inspiring, your your blog, the topics. Go check out her blog, too, because there's some really great articles there um, that can help. And please reach out to her because she's, if this half-hour conversation, which I told her it would only be 15 minutes, I lied. Um, <laughs> If this, if this didn't didn't help you in some way get started, you know, then I, I don't really know what to say. But if it did, please reach out and and uh, talk to Merit about maybe some further coaching. And thank you so much for being on this podcast today. You're incredible. Oh, it's so it's so my pleasure. And I have worked with several writers, so I do I do speak that language. So I'm happy to talk to you uh, to you and anybody else who'd like to reach out. Merit, thank you so much for that great interview. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Real Travels. Please follow me on Instagram at The Virgin Traveler. And if you have a minute, maybe leave me a review on this podcast or click on those little iTunes stars. Five would be wonderful. But whatever you're feeling, it would really help me out. Thanks again, and I'll see you all next week.